This podcast contains sensitive content which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. This is Not Ideal, but we're going with it, the podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom, still with a cold. (laughs) And I'm Anna. (laughs) I'm the daughter and I am having a panic, a panic attack because I don't know where I've already forgotten. I have already forgotten where we left off from our last episode, even though we're we're recording them all in one stream right now. So we just finished the last one. I have us totally on track. We had just (laughs) gotten past the part of the story where you woke up in excruciating pain and then continued on. I'm looking at pictures. Boy, that that quelches my laughter real quick. Yes. You woke up from your surgery in a lot of pain and we had a lot of people praying and I'm looking at pictures right now of um, what that was like for you, your two chest tubes and all the stuff on your both arms. Let's quick explain what a chest tube is, shall we? Oh, okay. Sure. A chest tube is a tube. It's absurdly big. From what I remember, it's about two centimeters in diameter. Is that about right? It's a big tube. Like it's, it's like half the size of a garden hose. Like it's not, it's not one of those tiny little ones. Big. It was big, homie, and they put it <laughs> straight. Call me homie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. For those of you who didn't catch the last episode, I really hurt myself last night, so I'm on a lot of a lot of painkillers. But listen, that's part of what that's part of my experience. Taking as prescribed, however. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Of course. Just to clarify. Oh my word. <laughs> Anyway, so it's part of my experience. So now it's going to be part of our listeners' experience as well. That's why I'm a little bit more jovial right now than I would be otherwise. But they stuck that thing underneath. So they go in right underneath your ribs and then stick it up underneath your ribs so that it goes up into the cavity in between the inside of your ribs and your actual the actual organ of your lung. So it's in that area there that can sometimes fill up with liquid once you've had something traumatic happen to your body. Uh, it can fill up with like swelling liquid, you know, that that liquid that happens when your body is trying to swell itself up to protect it from anything else happening. But oh, that thing, what I had one in each side because obviously I got both sides operated on. And holy cow, was it painful. And you couldn't move at all because they were right in your sides. So like you couldn't lay on your side. You couldn't, you just couldn't move. I mean, it was horrible. And it was this giant tube that was coming out from underneath my ribs. It killed, it gave me referred pain in my collarbone. But then that's where we had to put all those heating pads. Oh, it was horrible. 
And the yeah. reason that she had two different chest tubes, they had to do incisions on each side of her body. So for the thoracic curve, they had a uh, an incision on one side of her body. And for the lumbar curve, they had an incision <laughs> on the other side of her body. You what should you write Wikipedia articles for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then they had, because they went in to the spine from the side, they had to collapse each lung separately. I'm and then still laughing at my joke. <laughs> each lung. And they had to put a chest tube in. They drained the fluid over time, and it was a very painful process. So. Yeah, it was an extreme, extremely painful. Yeah, plus it was just disgusting. I mean, do you remember what it looked like? Because it was actively draining. This butt tingle warning. It was actively draining all the. I don't know if it was plasma or just random liquid. I don't even know what it was, but it was orangish colored, and it was just dripping out of me at a pretty constant rate. And then every day, three or four times a day, a person would come in and do what is called milking the chest tube. Do you remember that, Mom? Yes, I do. Oh man, that's making my butt tingle even remembering it. Basically, they would pinch the part of it that's right up against my right up against my body. And then they would pinch their other hand right underneath it and pull down so that they would create suction in the tube. And then they would let go with that first hand that was right next to my body. And that suction would just suck all of the oh, all of that juice right out of my body. It was absolutely disgusting. And like I said, very painful. Yeah. And one guy, <laughs> one guy tripped over it at one point. Do you remember that? But luckily, oh my word, luckily the nurse grabbed it as she saw his foot hit the tube. And so it pulled her hand instead of pulling the whole thing right out of my body. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my word. So I'm looking at the pictures right now and I'm looking at the chest tubes and I'm realizing that they actually, um, with this surgery, they try to get you up and walking right away, which for you, your surgery was on July 30, and they tried to get you up and walking on July 31 at 3.41 p.m. Do you remember that? I do remember that normally they try to do it right after you wake up, but they did have to wait a day to even try for the first time with me. Right. And then, so we, we couldn't do anything, though we only got you seated up. Seated Sat. up. Sat up. We only got you sat up. Whatever. We only got you sat up. Yeah. And then that was too much. So we had you laid you back down. And then something interesting happened with you, which we still do not know. Um, you started getting this bright red rash all over the top of your body and your neck. Do you remember that? And my face. I do remember that. Should we post a photo of that on our Facebook page? Nope. Yeah, that was the first sign of that was on August 1st, and we had no idea what that was. Yeah, it was bright red hives, splotchy hives all over my decolletage, my neck, my face coming up into my cheeks. Uh, and it only happened when I would have a severe influx of pain. Yeah. So it wasn't like I ate flour and it... Right broke out. It wasn't an allergic reaction. It only happened when I was suddenly in severe pain. Yeah. And what the doctors ended up theorizing, and there's been no proof of this yet, but there was no, I mean, we went through every other possible alternative. They gave me all kinds of anti, you know, anti-allergy medication and nothing helped. The only thing that helped was to give me pain medication and calm right. my pain down. And then as soon as my pain went away, the rash went away. And so they theorized that it was an allergic reaction to pain. You remember that? Yeah, that's true. I remember them saying yeah. that. I'm like, okay, I don't know. 
so yeah. good. But anyway, then yeah. you stood up for the first time on August 2nd. So I'm looking at oh, pictures of you right now. I remember now. that sweet. There was a sweet surgical assistant who came in. So she had attended the surgery and she wasn't the main surgeon, obviously, but she was, she had stood there. She was in the operating room while they were doing everything. And she did, she came into the room a few days, maybe two days after the surgery to try to get me to fully stand up and walk. And I told her I'm in so much pain. I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. And she said, we've really, we've got to do it. You know, are you willing to just try? She was so sweet. And, you know, so I said, okay, I'll try, you know, went through all the pain of moving, which was a lot uh, because still no working pain relief really at this point. And I stood up and she goes, yay you did it and then I my eyes closed and she goes and she quick grabs a bucket that was right next to me and I just completely I vomited like way more than I should have been able to because I hadn't eaten anything yet but it was just all stomach acids everything possible just and she goes oh no lay back down lay back down and so I laid back down she goes oh now I feel so bad she she said that does she says sometimes that happens and I I was worried that was going to happen, but I thought that it had been long enough, you know, that you'd been laying down since the surgery. You know, she goes, no, I feel so bad that I made you do that. I said, oh, don't feel bad. Because it was still exciting that, that I did get to stand up for the first time, you know, and I was a little bit taller since they'd straightened my spine. It was good. It was a morale boost for all of us to see me stand yes, up. It was. Yeah. Then we had multiple uh, long nights of pain and long days of pain. And yeah. I don't think you up again until that would have been August. The archives? Yes, I am. Looks like August 4 was the next time you stood because of all the pain and all the well, ice packs and all I'm seeing is you yeah. up at night and not in good stead. Yeah, well, the thing that ended up being a large, a very large kind of uh, hurdle for us to get over was that underneath my my upper right ribs, there was a horrible, horrible searing pain, which even to this day is some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Probably wow. the second worst pain I've ever felt in my life. The first worst oh. is definitely reserved for that other episode that we're going to do about the second hospitalization. Oh, yeah. But probably the second worst pain I've ever felt in my life was this pain underneath my ribs. And it was searing hot. I couldn't move any of my, like anything underneath my waist if I tried to move my foot or my legs or stand up or anything, which was very difficult to get around because they were trying to get me up and moving. And they decided to, you know, I obviously had a catheter immediately after my surgery. And they said that they didn't want to keep that in for more than a day. So then after that, they were trying to force me to get up and go to an actual bathroom in the corner of the room. But because of this pain, I really couldn't move my legs. And all the nurses kept saying, it's definitely just gas. It's just gas. And you're like, this is not freaking gas. Yeah. (laughs) I remember thinking to myself, okay, so no, you actually said that to them. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Well, I just remember thinking, how could you guys tell me that this is gas when yeah. you've just woken me up from the biggest surgery a person could possibly have with no pain relief? And I wasn't complaining then. <laughs> right. I mean, I was for sure. I was complaining, yes, but you were. like I wasn't screaming. And right now, when you try to move my legs, I'm screaming like that's yeah. not gas. You were, Are you yeah, kidding me? Like four year olds experience gas <laughs> and they go, you well, were... sometimes. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say you were you were definitely offended by that gas. I was uh, oh, my word. It was just so frustrating. And they said, well, it's not normal gas. It's because during the surgery, there's a chance that air got caught up underneath your rib or something like that. 
And I was thinking to myself, that sounds highly unlikely. And sure enough, that isn't what it was. What had happened was that during the surgery, they had to push a lot of tools through some of my muscles and they ended up doing something. I think they either cut my main nerve that's on my side or they just pushed it to a spot that was that ended up not being good at the end, you know, after they sewed me back up. Or I guess they didn't they didn't actually sew me back up. They glued me back up is what they did. Uh, but what it ended up being was really severe nerve damage. And so every time they tried to move me, you know, because twisting your legs moves your torso. So every time they did that, my nerve pain was just going off the charts. And they were saying it was just gas. And oh, my word, I was ready to shoot someone. You were and, not happy. Yeah. And at one point, I was just so it had been a few days of that exact thing happening over and over again. and. I had become so infuriated at my standard my standard care team and particularly one individual. <laughs> do you remember what happened, Mom? Yes, I do. <laughs> Why don't you share some of some of that story? Well, there was just a lot of frustration and this ongoing pain of all over and just the inability to get your pain under control and, you know, trying to get you up and down out of the bed and thinking things were not going the way they were supposed to go. You know, other people were kind of like, well, you know, are we doing enough? Are we getting her moving enough? And so there was like an expectation for you to be moving a lot more. So we were trying to get you over to the bathroom. And you had about 900 cords and 900 <laughs> tubes coming out of you. We're trying to move, make you walk over to the bathroom to go to the bathroom and, and then to come back. And you were in so much pain. You said, listen, before I make that journey over to the toilet, I just want to make sure you, you told everybody in the room, I just want to make sure that... That we do this quickly. That we do this quickly and that yeah, I said, we actually like have a plan so that I'm not stuck standing because I'm in so much pain. And they were all like, yep. And your nurses were like, yep, we've got it covered. Oh, and my word. This is making here. my fists. I, I have know. bald fists I, right now. I it, I was <sighs> laying there in bed. I am such an overcommunicator. I, did, I called a meeting of yes. my nursing team. Nurses. And I said, listen, I need us to all be on the same page. I said, I don't want to be stuck standing there waiting for you. <laughs> and this and nurse, was... let's, let's make her name. Let's make her name Vicky. For, for this story, because I, I remember her name. Are you kidding me? Of course, I remember her name. But let's call her Vicky for this story, for an anonymity uh -huh. purposes. I said, I don't want to be stuck standing there in the middle of the room while Vicky is behind me fiddling <laughs> around with all my tubes. <laughs> you, you were in no good mood anyway, and we totally understood. So we're all like trying to prepare. But the problem was your nurses didn't quite kind of they they couldn't follow through on the goals. They, <laughs> they couldn't, thought they had it under control. <laughs> they couldn't quite execute. They had a, they had a really good, <laughs> had a good vision, but they didn't weren't able to actually press play on it. And they, then they you had were a flow, they had a flow chart, but they <laughs> they couldn't get. They couldn't get past step one. They absolutely froze. I mean, and your attitude was enough to freeze even the warmest of souls. And so, <laughs> oh my word, I was so mad. You were I don't, so I don't think I've been angry. that angry in ages. It was, it was the worst possible scenario where you were actually stuck standing longer than I think any human being <laughs> should have to stand, but especially when I just had major spinal surgery. And so I am just like, listen. 
let's just try to get her back to bed. And I remember uh, the nurse <laughs> confronting me, mm-hmm. saying that I was a little too. <laughs> I was she goes, call. no, 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 no. We've got to do it exactly how it happened. <laughs> she got me over to the bathroom, and I. Like, I tried to sit down on the toilet, and as soon as my butt touched the toilet, I stood right back up, and I said, nope, going straight back to bed. I can't oh, handle the pain. Bed. Back to and, bed. And, yeah, back to bed. And my mom is mom goes, okay, and, you know, mom had been bringing pillows back and forth because I couldn't lean my back, obviously, against the toilet because of how hard it was. And so I'm she trying was to bringing, move your catheter bag, and you've got, like, about 902. Well, I didn't have a catheter at that point. Otherwise, why would I be going to the toilet? No, you did have the oh no, no you it was did my, I had two chest tubes and I was oh, yeah, ca- yeah, yeah. and I that had two sense. IVs, one yeah, in each arm. You're right. Good, good job. Yeah, good thanks. catch. Thanks, Boo. <laughs> so she was bringing pillows from my hospital bed. That's to what I was doing. I was toilet. trying to cushion the fall. Yeah, that's all I was trying to do. And so I and I go, nope, <laughs> I have to go straight back. You know, and I'm already yep. so. Oh, I mean, I am the most pissed off I've been in ages yes. at, at Vicky. I keep having to remember not to say a real wrapped name. And you've had to be stuck standing in yeah. the middle of the room, and it's just a nightmare. Nobody. Yeah, and so mom goes, okay, so mom is ready. Mom is in a squat position, like she's got <laughs> one tennis shoe, one tennis shoe next to my bed. The other tennis shoe is somehow stretched across the entire room, and it's. And I'm it's right to next to my toilet. As fast as possible. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And she looks at me. She's got this. She's on a mission. And I look at her. She was the only thing that was keeping me sane because my mom, she knew what was going on. She was ready. She had the pillows. So I then knew she's the like, okay. Chart. I was following the flow chart. I was following the plan. I knew the goals. I was executing. So I like stand back up from the toilet and she grabs the pillows from behind me and is ready to put them straight back onto the bed because I need them on the bed as well. And uh, Vicky, I just about said a real name. Vicky turns around, turns her back towards me and she goes, okay, mom, I'm feeling unsafe right now are the exact words that came out of that girl's mouth. And I stood up. Do you remember exactly what I said? I don't even. I don't even remember the. Stop worrying about what my mom is doing. I back in the bed or something. I yelled her name. I said, "Vicky." I said, "I need you to stop worrying about feeling safe and get me back to that freaking bed." I'm like, you've already had me up. For way, way too, too long. long you're the most incompetent yeah, nurse I've ever experienced. being very christian at that point as i recall oh my <laughs> word i was so done with vicky so yeah. finally i get back into bed multiple screams later because of that same nerve yes, pain you were still haven't gone to the bathroom i'm like screw you vicky get me a bedpan i'm not making you. that journey again oh, and then she leaves the room very disheartened and i think <laughs> very frazzled after being yelled at by both of us or at least me i didn't enough for two of us yeah i yelled a lot i think anyway and you were you were in a very you were in a fit of rage for sure and i (laughs) and i was noticing your increasing depression occurring and i walked over to your bed and i was like sweetie what do i need to do to help you to be more hopeful right now (laughs) and do you remember what you said to me i do i looked at you in the eyes and i said (laughs) I want you to bring Vicky to the foot of my bed and murder her in front of my eyes right now. Like, 
You are such a stinker, and I laughed so hard. I the felt only, so bad. Because oh, I thought about oh. it. I thought, what could make me feel more hopeful? And that the was only the thing. murder intent of your heart. It was terrible. Yeah. Murder, yeah. Vicky. Right here at the foot of my bed in front of my house. How about a granola bar instead? That would be probably oh better. <laughs> also, side note, guess who was immediately taken off of our of my care team? Vicky. Yeah. We never we never saw her again. Is that right? Well, I think that actually you just it was just a rotation. I don't know that that had anything to do with anything, but Oh, because I don't remember her ever coming back. And I do remember that a new girl then got put onto the case. And I think that it might have been because because I had yelled at, at Vicky so loudly. It might have been. You were, you were um, you know, people were having a struggle with you because obviously you weren't responding to the pain meds. You weren't kind of recovering the way they were expecting you to. And so, you know, but that wasn't your fault. But that was, that made it tough for us. It did. And how, how much time? I'm still lying on the floor here because of my back. How much time do we have left in this podcast before we oh, hit 30 minutes? Seven minutes? What? About seven minutes. Sorry, I'm still stuffy. You can hardly understand me. No, that's okay. Well, I there was one more thing I wanted to talk about. So that that's that's the gist, I think, of that first surgery, the first hospital experience. Maybe next episode. Oh, you missed the part. Do you remember the day when you actually walked and felt not horrible? That was a special no. day where, where we have that picture where we're both crying. Oh, yeah, of course I remember that. That was when you finally did walk up and down the hallway for the first time and you I actually did. felt not in excruciating pain. And well, like, no, I was still in excruciating pain, but I was just, I was able to walk, which was a big improvement. And we felt like, okay, maybe we might be able to make it here. And so that yeah. was really, that was a special day. Yeah. And it did get better. The only, what? You called Aaron at one point. Yeah, I don't remember that. Multiple times. I have pictures of you calling Aaron. Oh. Oh, well, I know I spoke to him. Yeah, over the course. I thought you meant while I was walking. I have multiple pictures of us in the middle of the night. We had many, many conversations in the middle of the night with you kind of doped up, I must say, on ketamine. And Uh And you eating saltine crackers from the nurse's cabinet. Yes, I ate a lot of saltine crackers. And (laughs) I also remember some of your hallucinations involved um, popcorn balls. Do you have any recollection of that? Oh, no, but that sounds like a great idea. What, what were they solidified with caramel or something? What, what was keeping them in uh, ball no, shape? We thought your feet were popcorn balls. And <laughs> oh, that's way gross. You also oh. thought that there were children running around. and Oh, that's not was... a hallucination. That's called a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably because of the giraffe on my wall. I had to be in a pediatric wing. You asked me multiple times to ask the nurses to remove the children from out of your hospital room. It's not surprising. Like, that sounds like me. Children here. And um, then there were a few more, you know, a little bit scarier things that you were seeing or uh, thinking. One of them was the sensation every morning you woke up and said, why am I in a new room? Do you remember that? I do remember that. And still to this day, I'm convinced that I actually was in a new room every morning because my brain oh. really does remember being in a whole different environment every morning. Yes. And they told us that was the ketamine. That was typical for that particular medication that you got that sensation for some reason. So every morning you're like, why'd they move me? And I'm like, yeah, you're still just in the same room you've been in the whole time. Well, so. to me, it was the sensation. I hadn't just moved rooms. It was that I was on a whole different floor in a different ward. 
Like, I remember right. when they first woke me up from the surgery, I thought that I was still in the surgical theater, which I was confused as to why my parents were there. And then I and then I thought that I was in the pediatric ward, which I was. And then because they that, that wasn't because of my age, it was because the pediatric ward, because the surgery had only been done on children, the majority on children, the pediatric ward staff were the only ones trained to do this particular surgical aftercare. So... There was a giant giraffe leering down at me <laughs> during during the whole recovery period, which was less than great. But yeah, and I I really do remember even now being in so many different rooms. I it's hard for me to imagine that they're they're all the same room. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then um, we were actually checked out on August uh, I think eighth. Is that correct? I have no August idea. August eighth uh, is when we left the hospital. So. Um, surgery was July 30th and we got checked out from that first hospital it looks like on August 8th and after quite a journey of still being in pain and we had that really interesting evening at the hotel on the way home do you want to talk about that at all well I thought we were going to talk about pocket camp which was oh, which is one of our coping mechanisms Yes, I don't want to talk about that hotel stay. Yeah, we can so. talk about the hotel stay next episode or, or some other time. Or maybe never. Maybe never. Maybe we'll save that for the book. It was just the a horrible... We stayed at on the way home from the hospital, which ended up being a nightmare. But anyway, yeah, yes, Pocket Camp is one of our favorite apps. Tell it's us a, about it. It's a coping mechanism. People are going to think that this is sponsored. The only reason we're talking about Pocket Camp is because... This has seriously been, we're, we're just wanting to share from the goodness of our hearts, something that has kept us from going over the edge for the last yeah. year or maybe more. For the last two years, I think. Yeah, because it's it's a game. It's The full name of it is Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. And yes. it is the cutest game. It's The premise of the game is that you are a tiny person who moves <laughs> to a town full of talking animals and you are the mayor of uh, of this town full of talking animals and you have Wait, a I'm golden the mayor? I didn't know I was the mayor. Well, in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, that's right. You're the you're the campsite supervisor. Oh, really? Yeah, you yeah, it's your campsite. What do you think the game is about? Well, you own the campsite and then all the little animals oh. come and visit your campsite. Gotcha. Anyway, we got started on this what playing this when you were kids with Nintendo yeah. on it's the a, TV. It's an old franchise. Yeah, it goes it goes way back. And it was honestly, do you admit it was better on the TV? Oh, I would for sure admit that. But that's because the apps are generated towards they're what we call play to win or uh pay to win games. Like you have oh. to pay money to buy the in-game currency, like pay real money yeah. to then buy in-game currency to get all the cool stuff. But it's not as bad as a lot of games like that are. It still is infinite fun, even without paying real real person dollars. And it <laughs> it has allowed us to keep in contact over, we're 10,000 miles away from each other, maybe more. Yes. And it, it brings back childhood memories from when we used to play it on the TV and we used to leave each other letters. That's the one problem that the app yeah. doesn't have. We can't write each other letters, but then Nintendo on the TV, we used to be able to leave each other little letters to each other, which I it's thought so was cute. such a cute thing. Yeah. And but then when the app, and then when the app, when you had saved all your bucks and tried to spend them all on a fortune cookie and didn't get the right <laughs> fortune cookie, we actually completely decided to go berserk with the management of Pocket Camp <laughs> and demanded that they give you the proper re refund of your uh, leaf little box. box, leaf box. Or <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. 
both yes. provide you with said fairy cookie, but neither neither of our assaults on management actually resulted in any sort of effective that's, response. That's probably because, because we asked for the personal cell phone number of the director of Nintendo. <laughs> I asked for the address. I asked, for the, I asked address. for the for his cell phone number. I said, that's it. I'm done with you, James. Send me to the director of Nintendo. What is his cell phone number? I will await your reply. Escalate, escalate this call. Escalate. And Send me up. Pump me up to the next guy. Yeah, I want to speak to the captain of Pocket Camp. <laughs> not you guys. <laughs> Which in reality is probably a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> I demand a refund of these leaf butts for my daughter who's suffering with back pain. Okay, How this is all, nobody knows what we're talking about. This is all having to do, this is all having to do with this thing that's this part of Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which are called fortune cookies, which you have to spend <laughs> in-game currency on and you get, then you get like, you have a chance to get these really cool items and they're all in different series. Yes. What were you going to say? Little prizes, I said. Yeah, little prizes. They're They're a way to hide prizes in the game. Yeah, exactly. It's a really great app. You should give it a shot. It is, but the whole... it's definitely comforted us through many a difficult (laughs) evening. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. What I wanted to say was the whole reason we're sharing this with you guys is because it's been a great coping mechanism since it has become, for both of us, I think, a truly safe place because it creates a world on your cell phone that no bad can happen inside of other than spending all your leaf bucks on a fairy themed fortune cookie and not getting the giant fairy jar, which is what I was after. (laughs) (laughs) That's as bad as it gets in that place. (laughs) It is. Yeah. But other than that, like my little girl who I have dressed up in beach wear, you know, who runs her, her favorite friend, both of our favorite friend is a purple cat named Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob is great. That's, you know, oh. she's not walking around all day crippled with back pain. This is a completely Aww. safe little world where I'm a director of a campsite. It's fantastic. Also, you and I can meet on this app. So my yeah. little person little person can my little person's named kimba and she's got pigtails little red pigtails and glasses yeah and i wear uh, my tevas with socks in (laughs) honor of my husband so if you want to check me out you can and i my my little person is named annalee and she runs around in bare feet because annalee is what my dad called me when i was little because my middle name is leah so he would call from the bottom of the stairs annalee 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 and then i would come running with my little pitter patter of my little feet so I'm Annalie, and she's Kimba, and we both look just like how we do in real life, only we're much smaller. I would like to say we're more round in the game, but in reality, in reality, that's pretty accurate. We have, we have each other as friends, and then you can give each other kudos, you can visit each other's gardens, you can leave each other special butterflies. There's all kinds of things you can do in this game that are very friendly. Yeah. And I love how you said that, Anna. It provides a safe space for us to just sort of wander around and feel like this is a safe place for us to be. Yeah. So my actually what tends to be part of my nightly routine is if I start to have a panic attack because I have pretty severe insomnia. And so say I run out of sleeping pills. 
and I'm having a panic attack and I need to be able to, this only happens every once in a while, but I need to be able to find a way to fall asleep. I can go into pocket camp and it calms me down so well that I can fall asleep like within 10 minutes. It's fantastic. I just would highly yeah, recommend I usually, I usually play it before going to sleep as well. So yeah, it's just, it's and a wonderful right now, day. Right now there's a fishing tourney. So just to let you know that. Wait, no, it's a garden event right now. Oh, that's right. It's a garden event. Oh, have you getting my hopes up about a fishing tournament? Have you gotten Ugh. have you gotten very far? Have you gotten Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have because it's collecting crabs is the goal. Little crabs right. come into your garden yeah. and you collect them. And I've also gotten my husband to get an account on Pocket Camp. And so now with this event, we've been having this joke between us because you can share the critters that you catch in your garden with each other. And so now the joke, I'm like, hey, hey, Aaron. And he's like, what? I'm like, I gave you crabs. Oh, very funny. Hey, I listen, you have, to, you have to send me his profile name because I only have his old account that he let. It, his profile die. name is Drop Bear 2 Oh, you shouldn't those... say that on the podcast. Why? Because not ours. No, we didn't, did we? Uh, Kimba and Annalie, yes. Oh, okay. Well, nobody's going to be able to find <laughs> it. You have to know, like, the number. Don't call me a dink. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, his name is Drop Bear 2. His original account, he was just Drop Bear. And then he lost his you password. And... You need, like, numbers. But don't oh, say I'm them not online. trying to get everybody to come find us. <laughs> I'm not trying to have our audience come for me. I just wanted to share. Oh, my what? gosh. My cold coming back i have to go i have to go to bed i love you i love you too wait we're not on a skype call we're on a podcast we can't just oh. say i love you goodbye well, it's 35 minutes we gotta end it oh okay well we've loved being with you guys go follow us and on instagram and on twitter we are not ideal podcast is our handle and on facebook we are not ideal dot d-o-t net and we look forward to seeing you spread the word we love you talk to you later bye 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 thank you guys for joining us today stay tuned for more podcasts from anna and kim on the new series not ideal but we're going with it also check out their new website at www.notideal.net